Good evening, ladies and gents. Um, tonight's episode is going to be kind of impromptu. I really had zero plans or intentions to record tonight at all. Um, but uh, I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, we recorded, I don't know if you saw my post on Facebook and Instagram, me and Scott Whitehead's a good buddy of mine. Um, engineer for NASCAR, also a really great competitive shooter, um, of multiple different, uh, venues. He, uh, we did a great, which was a phenomenal podcast. Uh, we recorded, uh, what was it? Thursday night. And I don't know what happened. My computer just literally shit the bed and via recording on Skype, it, it did not save the, the video chat conversation or whatever so it's fucking gone um which is it's fine it was really good i hate trying to recreate shit it i mean i'm always literally right off the top of the dome and uh you know impromptu freestyle questions that pop up in my head or or comments whatever and then trying to redo all that because it was such a great episode and scott's got so many awesome uh tips and and um it was it, the the whole podcast was centered around uh, the the mental aspect of shooting, and he's one who's of great authority on the subject. So um, it, it's just anyway, he's he's cool. He was cool with it, and he he's uh, excited about doing it again. And we we had fun. Uh, it was right over an hour, and it just shit the bed. Um, I don't know what the fuck happened, but it got cut off, and I literally couldn't even ever started recording again that night if I wanted to for some reason my computer is just not having it um anyway I don't have those problems when I'm recording solo because I don't use internet um when recording I'm just you know on the audacity program and then upload it to the internet um to the podbean app whenever I'm in the internet uh tonight's episode is also brought to you by New Belgium Voodoo Ranger 1985 IPA looks like the skeleton from voodoo ranger he's in like a cobra kai jacket and the the can looks like something straight out of say by the bell with all the uh the graphics and everything i'm pretty upset because this is becoming one of my new favorite beers and from what i've been told it's a limited run and they're like this month or stop making it and canning it so i've been buying up all of them that I can find. They're expensive as shit too. So I've been spending a grip. But anyway. Salute. Um, yeah, tonight the, there's there's a reason why I want to record tonight. Well, actually a couple. One, because the episode Thursday didn't work out. Um, and uh, one, another reason, the main reason is... Uh, there's a couple of subjects. This is going to be a little bit different episode than normal. Uh, there's a couple things going on right now that I, I, I've just, I made a, I recorded a video today and it didn't intended to be, I was going to post it on Instagram, my IGTV page and Facebook, but it ended up being fucking 20 minutes long. Go figure. Right. Um, but, uh, so that it wasn't going to work. So I didn't, I just deleted it. I didn't even listen to it again. I was like, damn, that was just entirely too long. Um, I deleted it. And then tonight I was like, you know what? I'm, I want to get, I want those things to be said. 
So I'm going to do a podcast. Hey, I've got a awesome platform to say what I want to say. Um, this isn't going to be, I'm going to have some precision rifle stuff at the end, uh, and some news and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, the first, the main meat potatoes of this podcast tonight is going to be a rant and uh, just some things that's going on in this nation right now that it, it's inside of me is, is boiling up with frustration, anger, discontent, sadness, disappointment in in this country right now and i know it's not i know it's not the anywhere in the vicinity of the vast majority of the country i I know that i'm in no delusions that that's that's not the case um it's it's just a loud and brazen minority the The riots, because I I use my words carefully. I say riots because it's no longer protest. They don't know what they're protesting. They don't know why they're protesting. They don't know. They don't know how to protest. Is apparently what it is. It's these are just just nothing. There's no other words for it other than riots, uh, anarchy, pillaging, destruction. Um, hate. It's it's funny the 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 irony and the oxymorons that we are experiencing today are it's laughable. Ant antifa antifa whatever you whatever they prefer to be called. Anti-fascist, yet exactly what they are protesting or in protest of is exactly who they are. Racist. All right. I've seen a whole lot of videos of white people fucking priv, you know, talk about privilege. Yeah. Basement dwelling, educated, air quotes, white liberals telling black police officers that make peanuts and put their lives on the line and call them the N-word. Call them Uncle Tom. Which, if you knew if you knew history, if you knew who Uncle Tom, is, that term is referred to, I'm not going to do your research for you. Do it yourself, Google. If you don't know who that is, um, I suggest you look it up before you go and try to demean a black person by calling them that. Because it's not a demeaning term or person whom that term is, you know, used after. Um, coon, bootlicker, all these things. These are these are words and terms coming out of the mouth of white people. And I'm not saying it's right or okay if it's coming out of the mouth of a black person either. But I mean, shit, playing by your rules, it definitely isn't right coming out of the mouth of a white person. You don't know that black police officer's struggle. You don't know his truth. So everything that they are say that they combat is what they are. Okay. Um, 
Now I had hell. I, I, I had just had another um, oxymoron about them that I, I can't even can't even think of right now. It just lost my just left me. But regardless, they are not protesting at all. They are taking advantage of a a horrible tragedy that happened, and then exploiting it for their own sake. They have no idea why they're there, really. And yet, shitholes like Portland and Seattle, Chicago, L.A., New York, all these places that are absolutely fucking shitholes, they're making it even more of a shithole now. So the people that live there that keep themselves, that run a business, that own property, you know, whether it be a, a storefront or whether it be just held their apartments that they, they literally can't come and go from their own residence because of absolute anarchy going on. It's absolutely disgusting. But yet, it's okay to do that there because the people that are in power there, they allow that to happen. Now, they allow that to happen not because they really want it to happen, they want it to happen because we're in an election year. Now, I want to go on record and say this this whole podcast is not David on a stump for Trump because that's not it at all. I'm on a stump. I'm always on America's stump. I'm always on freedom uh, and prosperity, pursuit of happiness. Um, that's the stump I'm always preaching from, not for any particular person or party. None of that, because I'm that's not me. And if you've been listening to this podcast channel for a while, um, then you you should know that by now. And by the way, side note: if this is your first episode, I suggest stopping it right now and go back and listen to other episodes because tonight really isn't a good depiction of what this podcast is is you know always about and everything what it's like. Um, I'll get into that a little bit later why I mentioned that. But anyway. But you you do these things in other places. I mean, I'm seeing videos of people ripped from their vehicles. You're, everyone's seen now the last that happened, I guess, over the weekend. This you know little white dude gets it's forced to wreck his truck, but, you know, trying to get away from these people. What he was doing there, God knows what. I don't know if he was trying to be there to start something. Or, or if he was lost, took a wrong damn turn. But when what's as long as this shit's been going on for 75, 80 days, you ought to know where the hell you are and where you shouldn't be. But he was there nonetheless. It doesn't make it any more, it doesn't make it any excusable at all of what happened to him. But, you know, stay away from these shithole places. But anyway, this guy gets wrecks his truck gets pulled from his vehicle and the absolute shit kicked out of him. Now, I don't know. I saw something that had said tonight, uh, earlier this evening that, that this guy died, ended up dying. I don't know if that's true or not, but either way, um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he didn't die, that that just means that they failed at what they were trying to do, which was kill him. Um, because, I mean, when you kick somebody in the head that's already unconscious, I mean, what do you think can happen? Um, uh, another one was a, a, a white woman who's probably down there for the protest or whatever. They're like, they're eating their own, which I think is awesome to a point, but 
you know, they start beating up this girl and then a black guy jumps out in her defense and then he gets berated by other black men uh, and, you know, threatened with, with violence on him. And uh, it's just, we're, we're all seeing it. These are just little snapshots. How much is happening that we're not seeing? All right. Uh, you do that in a free state where you've got leaders, local, state level leaders that are not going to tolerate that shit that will stand for the rule of law and will stand with people protecting themselves, their lives, their property. You do that to me. I'm going to make a canoe out of your head and then I'm going to stomp a mud hole in your ass and stomp it dry. The best I can. You know, if there's a hundred of you, y'all may get me, but I'm going to take at least 10 or 15 with me. I mean, that's just, that's it. So you better hope you stay away from my truck if that ever happens, which that would never happen here. It's 100%. The places that this is going on, these are hotbeds for Antifa, for Marxists, because that's what they are, communists. It's a hotbed form, so it's a tinderbox. Waiting to ignite, and it has ignited. It's been burning for 70-some days, and it's only getting worse. Um, the police are handcuffed. The police are uh, stripped of their, um, I don't want to say power, but stripped of their authority, stripped of their numbers, and they're basically left hanging out to dry. Police officers leave in these departments, and rightfully so. Um, yeah, but the people in the area that aren't a part of it, but are forced to be in that area, whether it be through business or family or whatever situation, they're the ones paying for it. And it's it's about time for things to start changing. And by that, I mean from day one of this stuff getting started, these when when the peaceful protests, which there were some, started to turn violent, and we all saw it nationwide, worldwide. Shit, who knows what the fucking rest of the world's thinking of? I know China and Russia are all thinking or telling their people that America's burning to the ground, and they're part of that. They they're kind of they're kind of accurate, but. When all this got started, I had said then what needs to happen is no federal funding of any sort to the cities where it is very obvious that the local or state law enforcement and legislation and leaders are not doing anything but exacerbating the problem. They're not doing anything to quell it. They're not doing anything to just stop it dead in its tracks. They're not doing anything other than basically fanning the fire uh, because it's an election year. They want Trump to go, they say they don't, but they want Trump to go invoke martial law, bring federal troops in to, to make him look like some authoritarian dictator so that that's what's in fresh in the minds of people in November. Um, let's hope he doesn't take the bait. There should be no federal boots on any soil in the United States for this. Now the police need to be allowed to do their jobs and be trusted to do their jobs. 
But the real thing that's going to make this stop, and I, I make a bold statement in saying that in 48 hours, it would all but stop if the state and or federal law enforcement would say, if you are in fear of your life, safety, safety of your family, safety of another person that maybe can't defend themselves. If you're in fear of safety of your property, your business, your livelihood, if you can prove that, which it shouldn't be that hard, you have full impunity over defense of you and yours. Meaning we get the 2020 rooftop Koreans start stacking bodies and I promise you, when they see that we as an American populace are not scared to defend ourselves, have fear of prosecution, that we will literally smoke check these motherfuckers. I promise you, it's going to stop real quick. And no, I don't think it, that would spark some civil war. I, I do, because I, I don't want that either. But I think a few people could definitely be made an example of. And when you are bringing a, a saw to cut chains on fences or locks or whatever of someone's business or federal property or someone's house, we're seeing people literally at their front doors trying to get in their house being blockaded or people coming out of their house, they're trying to keep them from leaving their house and uh, assaulted with either lasers in their eyes, with uh, mace, with any type of blunt objects, just with hands. When we're seeing that, and it's women, old people, literally elderly women getting tormented, harassed, assaulted in every way, shape, or form, and nothing is getting done. And they, if even if they do get arrested, they're not even getting prosecuted. Uh, their the charges are getting dropped. You know, they've got somebody bailing them out. Uh, the, the day that people start dropping, it's the day that shit stops. And or at least very shortly after, once the word gets out, hey, this is going on in a couple cities, they're actually shooting back. Like they're they're not playing around. They're not taking this land down anymore. Uh, I promise you, the streets are going to get a lot quieter and a lot, lot safer. People are going to think twice. Um, and at, I, I'm not waiting around for that. If heaven, I'm, I will never be in that situation, knock on wood, because I don't put myself in that situation. You shouldn't. But if, if I ever found myself in there, I'm not waiting for any type of uh, a statement by anybody saying, hey, you got a green light. No, I'm not waiting for that because I'm not dying. I'm not getting the absolute shit kicked out of me by a bunch of fucking assholes in skinny jeans with chains and bike locks and sticks and mace. I'm not I'm not waiting for that. You stop my truck and don't let me pass. I'm flooring it. Period. You touch my truck. You hit my window one time whether you break it or not. I'm flooring it. And then I might put it in reverse and make sure I finished you off. Okay, that's that's what's happening. So, uh, and I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. 
Um, I just thank the Lord hadn't been put in that situation to have to do it. But um, anyway, uh, the, these these riots have got to stop. They're tearing this country apart. Nothing can move on because it's not intended to. We're supposed to stay right in this perpetual cycle of calamity until November. That's where we're designed to be right now. The media, um, leftist politicians, the activists, lobbyists, all these people are 100% manipulating, pulling the strings on this to make this uh, as bad as it can be before November. Um, and if I recall, this happened in 2016. It happens like every four years. It's an old trick. And they, a lot of people obviously haven't caught on. But most people have. But, you know, the left does that along with my next topic. This mail-in ballot shit, that's a hard pass. No. Um, I know I'm preaching to the choir right now, so none of you people will probably, none of you listeners are probably going to disagree with me, but I, this is just shit I've got to get off my chest. If the America's leading doctors are saying that it's safe to protest for social justice, it's safe from the virus, then it's and safe for me to go to these essential places like grocery stores, pharmacies, the doctor's office, this, that, the other. All these places are safe to go. As long as I wear my mask like a good boy and I'm six feet apart from the next dumb motherfucker, then by God, I could do the same shit at a poll. Because how many times have we seen a very tight race, whether it be a Senate race, a congressional seat, a gubernatorial race, or anything like that, to where it's right down to the wire, where they're counting the last few votes, and it's just neck and neck, and then all of a sudden, oh my God, by the grace of God, there is a box full of ballots in this person's trunk, or there's a box full of ballots in this broom closet. Well, how'd it get here? I don't know, but we better count it. And then a hundred percent of the time, the damn things are almost a hundred percent Democrat. How many times have we seen that? I know I've seen it multiple times in my adult life. And I'm, I ain't been around that long. Um, if you don't think that this would not be an absolute debacle, a, the biggest scam ever pulled in I mean, it would be just short of Xi Jinping's election or Vladimir Putin's election, Saddam Hussein's, Fidel Castro's elections. That's exactly of the amount of fuckery would be involved with that election. And I mean, hell, they've already with a little bit of mail-in ballot bullshit they've been doing now, they've already found, I just read today, there was a case at one location. They found one person's ballot ballot twice two separate ballots same damn name same votes two of them okay um that's a no the damn 
post office can't get shit right as it is. I mean, they half the shit we send doesn't make it to a destination. And then their insurance, they don't even pay it out when you insure a fucking package. Look, I'm at the post office a lot. Okay, I just today I took about 10 to 11 different orders for t-shirts and koozies. I know the people at these post offices. I see them all the time. Let me tell you something. They're the biggest rubber stamp. Don't give a shit. I'm part of a, a, a postal service union. I'm going to take my 15-minute union break every hour. All this shit. Uh, Non-customer service. The most apathetic people I've ever seen. Okay. That isn't always what it, the post office used to be, but it's what it's been the last 20, 30 years. Uh, if you don't think, and not to mention, they just, the U.S. Postal Union just endorsed fucking Joe Biden. Holy shit. Yeah, let's hand them the fucking election in their hands. Let's do that. That sounds like a good fucking idea. We have a hard enough time keeping our elections somewhat fucking straight at the poll booths. Okay. I mean, we've all seen the video of that lady who said at her, wherever she is in Alabama or somewhere like that, she goes there to vote for her party. She wanted to do a straight Republican ticket and the machine would not let her do it. It kept going Democrat. And when she took, went to the poll workers and said something, they said, well, I guess you can't vote today or you got to vote for the other party. Like just straight up, no bullshit said that. And then another lady while she was in there was saying the same thing. And they're like, oh, well, you must not be registered right when nothing has changed since her last voting in, what, two years ago. Um, and, and nothing did change. They, it, it's, it's blatant. It's right out in front of you. And they still do it. They're the most brazen, don't give a fuck type group of people, which is the left. They'll, they'll do whatever to get their way. They're ruthless. In anything they do, any endeavor they have, they're fucking ruthless and they'll do anything to get it. And that's something where the Republican Party uh, sucks at. They don't care. They don't have the, as far as what's in Washington, they don't have the conviction to get anything fucking done. They had the House, the Senate, and the White House and didn't do a fucking thing. Not shit. Tax reform, great. That was a good start. Do another one. Okay. All of this shit in the Second Amendment that did nothing to combat any of these bullshit gun laws we've got. They didn't care. No, Trump just banned bump stocks. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, they're not helping anything. But for us who care about who our elected officials are and how the direction that which this country is going, we give a shit. And so it's time for them to start acting like it as well. Um, this is the worst idea that they could have done. And they, it's on purpose because they know what they're going to do. They know they're going to steal everything they can do to steal the election. Um, and because of the reason why of that reason is because of my next topic, which is Kamala fucking Harris. I don't think Joe Biden, I think he'd have been better off picking Hillary. I think as much as I hate that horse's cunt, uh, I think she's a better candidate than Kamala Harris because at least Hillary Clinton doesn't have ancestors that were slave owners and plantation owners. Kamala does. 
I think Hillary, with her little interview she did back in the 2016 campaign, where the interview she did with the, um, I forgot what what radio show it was, but it was like a, a hip hop radio show. Uh, when she said that she keeps hot sauce in her pocketbook, I think that made her more black than Kamala Harris is. Okay. Um, when she was inaugurated into the Senate, she was touted to be the first Indian American woman, like India, Indian from India, not Native American. She was touted to be the first Indian American woman to be elected to the Senate. Um, but then, you know, bippity boppity boo, you're black now. Now she's black. Now she's like Malcolm X's sister, basically. And I'm pretty sure even Bill Clinton and Hillary's uh, three strike laws that severely targeted the black community and put a whole lot of black men in jail and broke up a lot of black homes. I don't know that they put as many black people in jail as Kamala Harris did as the AG of California. So what are we protesting and, and writing about right now? Racism, systemic racism, racist police and court systems. Was that what we're is that what we're protesting now? Is that what we're burning things down for? Fuck, you sit there and burn down or or deface or pull down statues of the man who wrote the Emancipation Proclamation and who fought the Civil War to free slaves, even though let's be honest about where his motives was. It wasn't because it gave a damn about slaves as much as it was power but regardless no good deed goes unpunished but yet you're sitting here cheering on and will undoubtedly try to elect a woman who's direct who's a direct descendant of fucking slave owners in jamaica and that's not just news or like that just come out or it's propaganda or war fake news no it's none of that these are coming out of the words, uh, these words are coming out of the mouth of her fucking father who wrote it in an article years ago from Jamaica. Mom's Indian. He's like, I think half black, half European, maybe, if I recall. So um, that's who we're electing, because let's be honest here. We all know the, the end game. We're going to do everything we can with, to, to rig this election with this mail-in ballot bullshit and everything, every other trick they pull. And then once Joe Biden wins, I mean, he, he'll have to be reminded what he won because he has no idea what the fuck he's doing right now or, or where he is or, you know, that there's a damn presidential race going on. Uh, you know, three, four months into that, all of these bleeding heart leftist liberals that are saying you know, Trump is the devil, that Joe Biden is the man to do it. He's a man that can fix it, even though he didn't do a damn thing eight years in the White House as a VP and hasn't done shit but literally open his mouth and insert his fucking foot multiple times about really slipping up the way he really feels about things, which is tons of racist shit that he's done and said and been proponents for. Um, yeah, we're going to elect him. And in three months, we're going to invoke the 25th Amendment because, well, Joe served his country well, but let's not burden him with the 
presidential office and let's let him let's let him get the the care he needs in these times of of you know dementia where that's all we're saying now hey this guy thinks it's the 1960s right now he doesn't know where he is let's not how about we not elect him so they actually get the person in whom they want a female poc that's what they want so mark my words joe biden wins he doesn't make it past his first year probably not past his first six months in office until the 25th amendment is evoked and then kamala harris is now president kamala harris and then lord knows what the fuck happens then see i've said it before i'm pretty sure on here it doesn't matter november it doesn't matter who wins what we're seeing right now is going to be uh it's going to be child's play compared to what happens in november it's a matter of trump wins because if trump wins obviously in absolute protest of of him winning everything's going to burn if joe biden wins everything's going to burn because there's nobody to stop him it won't be anybody from their city it won't be anybody from their state it won't be anybody at the federal level so they're gonna have free reign do what they want and then when that happens good lord knows you know anybody who stands in their way you better believe the full strength of the u.s attorney general will be down on you and put you in jail for defending yourself on a federal level because whomever god knows who the fuck the ag would be under biden and harris there's no telling this country right now is it's been headed for a brick wall for quite some time now and the last three months let's be honest since march february march when all this covid shit started it's been headed towards a brick wall and i, I just want this country to wait to fuck up and hit the brakes before you crash because um there's a whole lot of people like me and i'll say this i don't want anything bad to happen this is not a threat that i'm going to or would do it will do anything i'm just saying that i i will fight a fight that if i didn't my son would have to in 10 15 20 years and i do not want to do that i do not want him to do that so if this is going to happen, let's let's go ahead and just rip the Band-Aid off. And that way my son doesn't have to do this. And my son can hopefully live in an America that it's intended to be. Which is every man judged by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. Or whether whatever flag they fly under. Or, or whatever beliefs they have that you know you you are judged based on if you're a piece of shit or you're a decent person because there's very few people in the middle so it's not hard to judge whether someone's a piece of shit or not it doesn't matter what color skin they have so let's get back to that america because the one that it looks like the road we're headed down right now is nowhere that i want to raise a son in with that said this this is still 
this is the sad part. This is still the greatest country in the world. The fact that the state of affairs that we're in right now, we are still the greatest country in the world. And I don't doubt that one bit. If we weren't, because the people whom we're talking about here vehemently do not feel that way and say so. But you tell me why people die or die trying to come to this country from all over the world. From the coldest shithole in Eastern Europe to the hottest hellhole down in Central South America, Africa, Asia, Hong Kong, mainland China, all these all these places. They they do anything and everything they can to get here. If this was not the greatest country in the world, then they'd be going elsewhere. They wouldn't be coming here. I don't blame them for wanting to come here, either legally or illegally. I don't blame them. Now, they shouldn't come here illegally. They should do the right thing. And, but I don't, I don't fault them for wanting to come here illegally or legally by any means necessary. Because if I lived in a shithole like the places that they come from, I would do my best to get out of it into the place that I could raise a family and have the best opportunity for success and prosperity and happiness. I don't blame them one bit, but still, I, I, I that's a whole other subject. But coronavirus, okay, this is going to be short and sweet because we're all fucking tired of this shit. I'm tired of it even being a topic of conversation. I'm tired of seeing people feeling the need to wear masks everywhere. Like, I'm not triggered by masks, but I, 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 I hate the idea of people living in fear and feel the need like they live in they have legitimate fear and that's not a political statement to everybody one way or the other but there's people who wear a mask because they're scared to, they, to die they're scared to die um when when we and i'm sure this will this will probably happen shortly after the election um no matter who wins because people are ready to start making money again but whenever people start treating this like what it is, which is something that's never leaving. We're never going to get rid of coronavirus. This isn't polio. COVID-19 is going to morph and change. And if I don't care how many fucking, how many flu vaccines are there? When, when we start treating this just like the flu is when life will get back normal and we can all just live. Life will be back to normal. We can kickstart our economy. People can get their jobs back. People can honestly quit drinking because, I mean, the, the alcohol sales have gone absolutely astronomical since February, since March. Um, and that's not good. I mean, I love beer just as much as the next guy, or if not more, but that doesn't mean I'm sitting here, you know, drinking myself numb because of my current situation. Um, People get back to work. Kids can go back to school. They're supposed to. Sports can start. Even though the only sport I'm watching right now is hockey. Um, um, maybe some college sports in the future if we ever have them. But whenever we start treating this like the flu, like what it is, it's something that we're going to deal with. I'm not saying it is the flu, but it's like the flu. By that, I mean it's something that we're going to have to deal with. Meaning there's going to be a, a flu shot every year that you're able to get. Now, I don't get it, but uh, you people do. Okay, and guess what? They still get the fucking flu. Okay, um, the flu's not influenza is going nowhere. 
It just morphs. It just changes. This is going to do the same thing. So COVID, I don't know if it'd be COVID-19 or if it'd be COVID-20, COVID-21, who fucking knows. Um, but it's, uh, it's going to, it's, it's here to stay and it, it can't, it, it's, it is what it is. It's not so much you care, you should not care as much about transmission rate or how many people are pot test positive for, which mind you, we've already gone into those numbers, how they're fucking bullshit. But regardless, it ain't about how many, it's your death rate and it needs to be a legitimate death rate. What did I say back in, I don't need to figure out what, what uh, month that was, what episode that was that I talked about it, but if this is in March or, or April, I said, we're going to see the tale will tell who was right. The United States and people who do with the lockdown shit, let's flatten the curve for 15 days and we'll get back to life as normal. Yeah. Right. Uh, or Sweden. Okay. Which is, Hey, we're not going to shut down our economy. If you're a vulnerable demographic, you stay the fuck home in quarantine. Um, but everyone else keep it moving. Um, I said my chips were on Sweden. And it seems as though I am right. Now, they had a little bit of rough spot because they didn't take care of their uh, nursing homes. So, like, I forgot, I heard the statistic, the actual numbers, percentage, but it's something like some stupid high 85 to 90% of their deaths were people in nursing homes. Okay, kind of like Cuomo, right? He's trying to hide right now. Um, he didn't take care of the nursing homes and the, uh, the elderly, nor did Sweden. But as far as their other normal general population, They've all but fucking kicked it. Like they're having one, two deaths nationwide, maybe a day. One to two, three here, back down to one, zero. They've had days where zero people died with it. And they did none of this shit. They did none of this crashing of their economy, of stripping people of their civil liberties, of basically handcuffing people into their own homes. You can't leave. You can't assemble. You can't go to church. You can't go to work. Now they're trying to say now we can't go vote. So they want to say. You even got fucking fuckboy Anthony Fauci saying that there's nothing wrong with voting at the polls. There should be no reason why you can go into your CVS and social distance and not do the same thing at the polls. That's his words ver fucking bait him. All right. So I know he's the left. You know, listen to Fauci. Listen. To, okay. Well then listen to Fauci, bitch. Because he's saying it. Even he can't deny that it's imperative to vote in the polls. That it's in it's safe. So. But no, we want to go and lock everything down. And keep people inside, indoors. Shit the fester shit to be passed around instead of hey everybody go out get some air go into the parks we're not going to close the parks we're not going to close the fucking beaches you know people can go in and burn a place to the ground but one guy on a completely empty beach gets put in jail that is that's the definition of absurdity but yet here we are that's that's it with the coronavirus and that's it with my rants guys and i don't know if it meant anything if anybody needed to hear that or not but it's something that i need it's like therapy this podcast to me a little bit is like therapy with, other than the precision rifle stuff but any of these t- kind of topics ooh, like i just i, I want to say it to somebody anybody that'll listen i just I, it's it makes me feel good you guys are like my therapist it makes me feel good to say the things that i need to say if you don't agree with them i'm sorry 
Um, but if you do agree with them, great. Um, but it, it's, it, this was for me and anybody who needed to hear this, which I'm pretty sure, uh, 99% about as many of people listening to this podcast, it's about the same percentage as survival rate of COVID-19, which is like 99.96%, uh, 0.97%. Yeah, that's about the amount of people that are listening to this that agree with me on most of these things. So I'm not changing I know I'm not changing any hearts and minds. Uh, but anyway, I was going to do a video today. It was 20 minutes. This has been double that. Um, it was 20 minutes before I quit. I didn't finish it, but I was like, man, this isn't fucking happening. So I want to do this podcast tonight. So precision rifle stuff, a couple things, uh, news, uh, related, uh, my MDT chassis. Now, I don't know if I mentioned, I did, I did make a post about it on my Instagram and Facebook uh, about, um, I moved my belt action out of the foundation stock and into the MDT ACC chassis, which I, I tell you what, I instantly fell in love with that chassis. Um, you know, I, I got it because that's chassis specifically because the fore end of that chassis is the closest thing to the chassis, my, my actually obsession chassis that my AI sits in that I'm such a big fan of. Um, I got it because they were they were the closest it was the closest thing to, to it so um, that's what I went with but I just have kind of fell in love with it all on its own regardless of my AI and the chassis it sits in I'm glad I did this even if I didn't if my you know if I sold my AI today which is never going to happen um, and the only rifle I had left I would be super boosted that I had that NBT ACC because it is a amazingly stable chassis and feels good um so modular and versatile I'm, I'm excited about it so um i am have decided that i am going to shoot that rifle at the vprc match the uh, first weekend in uh september so it's like the third fourth fifth something like that that first weekend um so Andy Slade and Brian Lewis, uh, if you know them, they're two great guys, two great competitive shooters, and also two great match directors as well. That's their match. It's at VIR, which I've never shot at VIR before. Um, I've only raced motorcycles there. So um, I hear it's that's been an awesome match, and uh, I'm pretty excited about it. It's kind of a last-minute thing to jump in. I think I'm in squad five. Um me and my normal peeps. So if you want to shoot that match and want to squad up, uh, I think there's a couple spots open in our squad still. So, and I think there's plenty of spots open in the match. I may be wrong. I don't know. I haven't looked at it lately, but, um, yeah, just jump in squad five. We'll have a good time. Um, so yeah, that's what I've got coming up. I'm shooting the dasher for that match. Um, I gave my brass, from the last match, I gave it to Jeff last week to Anil. That way, it saves me $1,100, dollars on amp annealer. I can just give it to him and he'll do it for me. And they give it back to me. It's nice. Um, and then I just got a lovely email today that my 200 pieces of hydroform brass, uh, Lapua brass from Hunt's Long Range Supply, is finally shipping out. He's had a booger bear with getting brass from Lapua. I placed this order back in like mid-June, 
and uh, it just got shipped out today. Now, I'm not blaming Ryan for that. He's saying that he's just been getting pieces and pieces of orders from Lapua, and uh, obviously, I was far down the list of his orders, uh, back orders that he had, so mine's finally getting here, and it'll get here just in time. So, if you care, I'm going to go into the details about that brass, is the last time I got uh, the hydroformed Lapua brass, um, it literally would not close in my chamber. Now, I know CL's gotten that, and it was literally load and go. It my bolt was so tight closing, so I had to I bumped the shoulders two thou on it, and then shot it, and it was literally no difference in velocity, group size, spread, anything from that uh, Virgin Hydroform the Pua Brass. Once I bumped the shoulders back to fit my chamber. There's no difference between it and once fired. So there was literally no no need of fire forming or anything like that to start load development. Boom. I did the load development on it, checked it with once fire with the load that I found. Literally, you would have never known via chronograph or via group that there was a difference in the brass as far as one being hydroformed, one being uh, fire formed and sized. So I guess uh, I might just... What I, just to kind of get that brass caught up as far as the amount of firings, I may just not even shoot this the brass that uh, Jeff is annealing for me. I think I'll just keep that, get it ready to load again, and then shoot this. That way it's once fired, and then maybe shoot it again, and then they'll all be about in the same firing cycle. In the way they can all just be annealed together. I'm going to anneal every third firing. Um, I don't think there's any any need in doing a whole bunch of annealing every oh, people do it but you it's you can't you can't show me on paper that it does anything you know people are getting plenty of firings out of you know most time the primer pockets go before the next split um if you at least bare minimum anneal every you know third or fourth time so i'm not worried about that but uh yeah i'm gonna anneal every every third firing so that's that. Um, I did get the new, I don't know if I've mentioned it, that I ordered it or not. Um, I got the new Gray Ops minigun pro plate with the Armageddon gear bag that attaches to it, the little pad, the whatever. Uh, that thing is fucking bitching. Like I'm, I was skeptical, skeptical cause I was like, eh, like, I just don't know if it's going to be as stable. As like my fortune cookie or even my game changer, but we'll, we'll give it a try. And I was pleasantly surprised when I put the plate on. It's got the QD. It's first of all, it's got weights in it that you can remove in the in the plate. Plate uh, if you haven't seen it, it's got uh, these gold. Uh, I don't even want to call them textured or not, but they're basically kind of like diamond plated cut, um, and it's really grippy on a bag if you just run the plate and like your normal game changer or something really grippy it's not gonna slide around um and your you can remove that to make that plate lighter if you want qd is the bottom is completely flat there's no annoying thumb dial uh tension knob uh on to to connect the plate to your arca swiss rail excuse me but um so it's completely flat um that's just great and then the bag, the pad, I, I don't I don't know if it's called a bag or a pad. I don't I don't know. 
So the 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 plate has these four uh, cutouts and one in each corner for the this particular bag slash pad. Uh, it has the straps have these um, rubber coated metal hooks, like these flat wide metal hooks that then then go over the outside edges of the plate into the cutout and then you have a strap that goes through those uh i've called buckles or just hooks um through the hooks then you tighten the strap down which then brings tension onto the hooks onto each corner of that plate and that bag's not coming off but yet you can easily just slip you know pull the uh the tab end of the strap Loosen it up and take that bag off if you needed to it during a stage. I, I don't know. Anyway, it's easy on and off, but I don't feel that I, I will have a problem with it coming off without me wanting to. So uh, David Preston did an awesome job with designing this. And Tom, obviously with Armageddon. Uh, I don't know who designed the bag. Uh, I know the plate and the bag both on their own separate rights. They are greatly designed. Um, I'm everyone knows I'm a big Wee Bad fan, and I will, nothing will replace my fortune cookie. But this would be a great option for if you remember me talking in the um, after action report of the uh, war match in West Virginia, the war barricade. It was one barricade, 12 positions. It was like, I don't know, maybe 15 feet long. And it was 12 positions and 90 seconds. And this would have been a phenomenal time saver uh, in a situation like that. But I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that it is as stable as my uh, my mini, mini fortune cookie is. It's not. And it's really not claimed to be. But I'll tell you, it's damn close. So I'm going to practice with it some more. I've only dry fired with it. Uh, I'm going to practice with it some more, get some live fires with it, um, and and see. I know I will use it on situ- in situations that there's a lot of movement, a lot of positions, no doubt. Will it replace my mini fortune cookie on, say, a PRS skill stage barricade? It's hard to say. It's, uh, it's 90 seconds, and it's only eight shots, okay, four positions. That's That doesn't take up a lot of time. I don't, I don't think I have ever timed out on a PRS barricade period. I don't think, I don't know if anybody has, uh, but I, I will also say that, well, regardless of, um, it being a little less stable than my mini fortune cookie is, it's still only 400 yards in a gigantic 10 inch plate. So if I miss it, I feel like it would be wind, a gust of wind or something and not, Oh, I wasn't stable because you practice a PRS skill stage better, you know, enough, then everybody's going to get better at it and, and can at least stay within that two and a half MOA circle. So, or whatever it is, two and a quarter, two and a half. So, uh, yeah, it's, I, I love it. I, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to run it in a match. So it's definitely going in the pack for sure. Um, so I think that covers all my gear stuff. Um, so uh, a little bit about the announcements or whatever news on the podcast itself. Um, 
I sent uh, Phil, uh, Phil Vallejo and Kalen Wojcik um, a, a t-shirt and some stickers and stuff. You know, um, yeah, y'all have heard me talk about Phil being, he's a, a good buddy of mine. Um, and he uh, shared a picture in a little video of the shirt and, you know, saying thanks or whatever, kind of tagged me in it on Instagram. And I'll tell you, I got within a day, I got about 80 different, I got about 80 new follows or whatever on Instagram, which is really cool. I haven't even checked to see how many new subscribers I've got to the podcast, but, uh, man, I tell you what, my man feels social media game is on point because, you know, if he farts, everyone hears it type, type situation. So Phil, big ups to you, Kalen, you too, buddy. Um, I really appreciate y'all giving me the love and, and the shout out. So, uh, also if you don't, I, I'm not even going to say if you haven't listened to modern day sniper, if, if you've listened to my podcast, I promise you've already heard the modern day sniper and you're already listening to it and you're already a fan of it because you should be, uh, Kalen and Phil do a phenomenal job of that podcast in case you're not go give them a follow and subscribe to their podcast. Cause I do. And I love it. So it's a great podcast. Um, uh, but also it's not on Podbean, which I'm going to talk to him about putting it on Podbean because I hate SoundCloud. But if you've got a SoundCloud account, you need to subscribe, if you're not already, to uh, Soft Bad Monkey. S-O-F Bad Monkey. That is uh, former Navy SEAL um, Steve Ralston uh, and former Marine Scout Marine Scout. Marine Scout sniper jesus christ i can't think or speak uh jason delgado now if you've read the book i'm not even gonna say his name i'm not even gonna say the book there's a book that has gotten around out there it's been i don't even know when it was written but by a former seal and about the sniper community schools about there's stories there's like i think four characters one including himself that he covers throughout the book with peppered in with stories of you know curriculum for the nsw sniper program uh and then like i said he covers three other people whether it be marines army or um Navy and Jason Delgado was one of them. Jason is a dude from the Bronx. He is a funny ass dude. Um, and very, very, very smart. He's a Puerto Rican dude. Um, tattoo artist, really good tattoo artist. Um, and you know, him and Steve and a couple other guys, uh, on the podcast, they have a podcast. So, uh, you need to listen to them. They are awesome. They've had, just the list of guests that they've had, they've had some absolute legends on their podcast. As far as special operations community goes, the much I'm not a member of, um, and we're going to get to that in a minute, but, uh, just Rudy Reyes, they've had Pat McNamara, they've had, I mean, Medal of Honor recipients, they've had everybody on their podcast, and I'm talking some of the most savage pipe hitters that our military has seen in, in modern history have been on their podcast, which is awesome. It's one of my favorite ones to listen to. I've been listening to them for a long time. 
And, uh, yeah, anyway, so Jason hit me up and asked me to, to come on their podcast, the soft, soft fat monkey. And apparently Jason's been listening to my podcast since the beginning. So you never know who's listening. I never, I never know, but I'm honored that a he's listening, likes me, enjoys my podcast, but even more so that he, uh, felt me appropriate to be on their podcast. So, I'm going to put this disclaimer out there and I'm going to do the same thing when we record uh, for their show that I am the least qualified person to be on their podcast. Like, I think just because I have a podcast is the reason why if I didn't have a podcast, A, you wouldn't know who I was, but B, you definitely wouldn't be interested in having me on. But uh, yeah, I was chair force, turn wrenches and you know, handed out flags to grieving widows. I didn't, you know, blow up some ISIS compound or, you know, take three bullets to the face and still killed 40 men. I I didn't do none of that. Like literally I shot rifles at basic training and then every year for qual and I shot more outside of work than I did for work, obviously. Um, but so I don't, I don't fit the normal script or the normal, um, mold of their guests so um I, I just i just hope that um i can be a, an asset to their show and be funny and make it a good listen so um i'll probably you know go over a lot about what i over what i went hmm let me start it over again i'll probably go over a lot of the same stuff that i went over in the second intro podcast so uh a second episode, um, which was intro to, um, a lot of that will be the same. Um, and, and maybe some other stuff here and there, uh, and then answer whatever questions they got and let's let the conversation go wherever it goes, because that's what my show is about. My show is about, I mean, obviously I've touched on like five minutes of precision rifle stuff. The name of the podcast is just F and send it. Um, obviously, you know, relating to shooting and, and stuff like that, but yet here, 80% of 90% of the podcast tonight, the episode tonight is not been about shooting at all. I want this, this podcast for me, like I said, was intended to a talk about things uh, that interest me, that they may interest you as well. Me to, if I know something that may help you um, for me to learn something with you, meaning like this podcast that just happened with Scott, I learned a lot. A lot of it goes over the um, uh, same stuff in the two books that I've mentioned with winning in mind and secrets of mental marksmanship. He is a firm, firm believer in um, with winning in mind and that whole uh, uh, doctrine, which has been proven to be, you know, 100% legit. Uh, and so I, I, not that mentioned in the podcast and I'll do it again when we record it, these questions and this topic is every bit as much for me, if not more than it is for people listening. So like these, you're, you're helping me in talking through this and talking about this and the mental side of the approach of the sport. Um, and, uh, it's, it, it's amazing. So this is a way for me to have an outlet for me to learn this stuff. And then, uh, and to meet and talk to interesting people, I, I seriously doubt that I would ever be, you know, on the soft, bad monkey podcast or, you know, 
anything like that or have any, half the guests that I have on without this podcast. The Jacob Bynum. I don't think Jacob Bynum would have. I don't know. He may have. Jacob's a good, solid dude. He might have sat here and talked with me for a couple hours. Um, but I doubt it. Um, I, I just hope that, and another thing is I hope that it's an entertaining for everybody, um, that is listening to it. I hope you like it. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I do doing it. So, um, I think that, I think that's it. Uh, I guess, uh, t-shirts, I've still got tons of larges, two XLs and th- a few three XLs. I have one XL left. So I had, like I said, I had today, I'd shipped out about 10 or 12 orders um, to people. I have one XL left and I'm going to have to order some more. So anyway, if y'all want one, hit me up and I'll, uh, I'll tell y'all how to, how to square up and we'll, we'll get one out to you. Anyway, guys, sorry again that that podcast didn't happen with Scott. It will happen. We will do it. Um, and I will try to hit all the highlights that we did in the last episode and maybe pick up some things new that we didn't think of at the time. Anyway, uh, guys, um, show me some love, like subscribe, comment, all that stuff. And, uh, let me know what y'all want to hear, maybe who y'all want to talk to. Um, and, and I'll do my best to make it happen. Cool guys. Hope y'all have a great week and, uh, keep your head up guys. We'll get through this shit together in this country. We got to, it's America, right? We have no other choice. So appreciate it.